Hi, I'm Jennifer Gassich. And my name is Mateusz Benko. This is the Let's Talk Ecosystems podcast. From activists to entrepreneurs, leaders to practitioners, we will learn how young people are making a positive change for our planet. In this series, we talk with changemakers who are taking action to restore and protect nature as we move forward in the United Nations decade for ecosystem restoration. So, Mateusz, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. What about yourself? Not bad. You know, I learned a really interesting fact the other day. Do you happen to know where the second largest tropical rainforest is in the world? Somewhere in Africa. Okay, that's a very good guess. So it's actually in the Congo Basin. So the Congo Basin is home to the world's second largest tropical forest. I was watching a video on YouTube. It was produced by UNEP on the importance of conserving the Congo Basin forest. And I learned that the Congo Basin forest is home to one out of every five species on our planet. It's also home to the world's largest tropical peatland, which means it's an incredibly important carbon sink and a super solution for the climate crisis. Well, today we are very happy to have uh, with us Remy Zahiga, a young climate activist from the Democratic Republic of Congo, who is going to tell us more about why we need to protect the Congo Basin and what can we do to that extent. Welcome, Remy. Thank you for the floor. I am really very happy for this opportunity. I am Remy Zaiga, a climate activist from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. As a young chunk maker and an activist from the Congo Basin Forest, it is the world's second lungs and it crosses six African countries, such as the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the Congo Brazzaville, Central Africa Republic, the Equatorial Guinea, and also the Gabon. So as a young climate activist and that have been impacted by the destruction of this forest, I couldn't really stay without doing anything. So I try my best to raise awareness about the protection of this forest. Thank you, Remy. Uh, I start to wonder about the biodiversity of Congo rainforest. Can you give us some animals who live in the Congo basin? We have really unique animals like uh, okapi. Okapi is only found in the the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We have also uh, elephant. We have other animals like uh, mountain gorilla. Mountain gorilla, it is found uh, in the Virunga National Park. We have also lowland gorilla found in the Kauzibiega National Park in the DRC. And the other many biodiversity uh, and protected areas in other countries that crosses the, the Congo Basin Forest. And we need urgent actions from our leaders to protect it. Well, Remy, I read that the Congo Basin Rainforest may disappear by 2100. So is it true that there is a risk of actually losing the world's second largest lungs? Tell us about this. Yeah, just reading researchers from scientifics from the University of Maryland and the research uh, was made in 2018. Yeah, so the research shows that the rainforest will disappear uh, by 2000 if we don't do anything because 
deforestation rate is very high in the Congo Basin because of mining, you know. The DRC is very rich in, in mining that is really yeah, used in the new technology, you know. So mining is really yeah, impacting the deforestation rate in the Congo Basin. Expert mining, it's also yeah, something like uh, logging wood. So wood are being cut uh, to be exported in other developed countries so that to make materials made in wood. But also the local community don't have access to electricity because a lot of people just use charcoal here. So people also use charcoal. Charcoal it has become like a, a business. People go to cut trees so that to help them to survive uh, because people doesn't have access to electricity. This is what shows that the, the Congo Benson, the Congo rainforest may be gone by 2000 if we don't do anything. But also agriculture, uh, yeah. People are doing agriculture so that to survive and uh, Palm Oil Corporation also are yeah, doing their businesses. This is something that is happening here in the Congo Basin Forest. So as a young chunk maker and impacted by this destruction, I couldn't really stay with doing anything. So I am trying my best to raise awareness about the protection of this forest because I believe that this forest it is helping mitigate the climate crisis and protect uh, the only planet we call home. Remy, I'm curious, what are everyday actions you take to try to save the Congo forest? With my local organization, Green Congo Initiative, I am really trying to raise awareness first about the protection of this forest at the international level. Because, yeah, sometimes I use my social media advocating for this because, yeah, to help me have some audiences and reach uh, uh, leaders around the world, but also using petitions trying with other activists and young change makers around the world to try to make petitions. But also at the local level, I try my best to do environmental education with the student, also trying to show the local community how this forest is helping us in mitigating the climate crisis at the international level, but also uh, it helps the local communities yeah, to because the local community depends on the forest for everything, like uh, traditional medicine, uh, agriculture, clean water, and also, yeah, I am trying my best also to try to plant new trees in some destroyed areas that have been destroyed. So with my team, we try really our best to plant some trees as much as we can. So we need really to do much because our actions, every action matters because any single action we do to protect our planet, it's really matter. We need really to have people surround us like partners to do more because our actions need to be as much as possible every day. Remy, you mentioned uh, social media. So I noticed on a Twitter account this comment from you. There is no climate justice without respect for indigenous peoples. That was the comment from you. I wanted you to explain that a little bit and how it's related to your work. As you know, uh, right now, conservation rules are trying to drive out the local communities from the protected areas, you know. So the local communities at the beginning, they know this is our home, the forest. But right now with the conservation rules, they are out of their ancestral lands, you know. So when they are already out of the forest, it is really a bit very hard for them to adapt. 
So as a young activist, as a young chunk maker, I am trying my best also to speak for them because some of them, they don't have uh, internet access and also uh, uh, having platform to express them, themselves, to express their voices so that it can be at the international level. It is really a bit very hard for them. So for me, who is trying to uh, to have that such uh, opportunities to be in medias, so I am trying also my best to, to show the world that the indigenous people are affected by the conservation. Yeah, I am not against the conservation laws, but I need to say we need also like to help those indigenous people that are already out of the forest, help them to adapt. Uh, we know parks are getting a lot of money from tourists and everything. So I, I think such money can also uh, be given to indigenous people, local communities surrounded the, the protected areas, so that they can also get something from that. Remy, I believe that being an activist is also being a positive person. In that connection, can you tell us what are you the most proud of? I am proud and really uh, very, very happy because when I see other chain makers around the world supporting each other, you know, so because we are fighting for a noble cause and we need really uh, to connect each other. So seeing support from other activists from around the world and also medias giving as opportunities to speak about the climate crisis and the protection of the, the environment in our respective communities. It gives me hope that in the coming years we will do something together. And I know that this support, giving platform to young chunk makers, it's really a very a, a big problem because some of us from really yeah, the global south, we are not getting a lot of visibility uh, in medias and also in summits like COP because you'll see activists from the global south right now we don't know if we we'll have that opportunities to speak in the conferences of parties about how our communities are being affected uh, by the climate crisis so it gives us hope when we get such opportunities to speak about what is happening in our communities because we need real actions and we need to protect our planet together. Remy, could you take me through a typical day of yours where you're out actually making a difference? Take me through one of your typical days when you're taking action and working with local communities. I take time to, to travel to the, the local communities because it is a lot of communities that surround the protected area. So I take my time to surround everywhere uh, in the forest to take their views, because their points about how the conservation laws is affecting them. But also I try to travel in other areas of the country to collect storytelling from the local communities, how they are affected by the climate crisis. You know, I am trying my best to, to, to understand why people are coming from villages and coming here in towns. And follow-up question would be, what are the main challenges you face as a young activist? I have to admit that I was very surprised to see the, how young you are. So um, please tell us, what are the main challenges in your everyday yeah. life? 
challenges as like we are not getting a lot of platform to tell our stories. We are not getting such opportunities to tell our stories. But also, as you know, in the global south, especially in Africa, when you are a, an activist and trying to show the truth, because we'll see our leaders going in conferences like COP and say, yeah, we are saving everything, everything. But we'll see that what is happening in conferences, what our leaders are speaking in conferences, it's very different from what is happening on the ground. In Africa, there is no freedom of speech. As activists, we, we get, yeah, we get death threat, we get intimidation from leaders because we are trying to show the real face on the ground. And some of activists has lost their lives just trying to defend what is right. Remy, I wonder, where do you get your energy from? Really, as you know, I am inspired by other activists because I am not the first one who started activism. There is other change makers around the world. There is role models around the world. There is role models in our local communities, in our countries. So that tried their best and sacrificed their lives because of uh, speaking the truth and trying to change what is wrong and make the truth the light. Remy, you were mention, mentioning storytelling. Can you give me an example or tell me one of the stories that have moved you the most and a story that is about people making a difference and making a change for the better? As you know, I traveled some months ago somewhere where Chinese are doing their minings. I tried to take the views of the local communities because they are getting a lot of money from mining. And that land was from the local communities, but already uh, taken by people in power and sold it to foreigners. The local community was doing artisanal mining. They're just using their hands and other small tools just to try to, to get something to help them for surviving. So foreign corporations comes, they bought that land from the, the leaders. So the local communities were driving out from that areas. So I went there and collected their views, how they are trying to adapt themselves about the their land has been taken by foreigners. Even local journalists, they don't really uh, care about uh, environment. It is a bit very difficult to environment news to appear everywhere. And also when I get also a platform, I just speak for them uh, because the voice of the voiceless. So, Remy, this is obviously a huge problem. We're talking about mining, land grabbing, very difficult situation. What can we as listeners do to support efforts to restore the Congo Basin forest or protect it at the very least? What can we as listeners do to take action and how can we be involved? So I think people should also try to support the activists and other change makers in the, the in the global south and try to, to support us in your in campaigns in campaigns that they are doing on the, the the street and show their leaders companies are destroying the forest we need really uh, to work together even people here in the congo basin and other people around the world to support each other because if the forest is disappeared it will also affect everyone on this planet because the forest is playing a huge role uh, to might just the climate crisis. 
In addition to Jennifer's question, Remy, can you give us uh, some references on, or some articles that one might look up in order to learn more about the situation in the Congo rainforest? Yeah, I'll try my best to, to, to send you some links uh, about because I, I read the research from the University of Maryland in USA, what they did, but also yeah, an article in the New York Times where they speak about the ocean of new oil blocks in the Congo Basin because the government of the DRC is trying to start new oil drilling. I think there is a lot of things uh, on the news about the destruction of the Congo Basin forest. Thank you, Remy. I wonder, you mentioned that the Congo rainforest is the second largest lungs of the earth. We all know that the first one is uh, Amazonia rainforest. I wonder whether there is a connection between you and other activists in the Congo rainforest that work together with other activists from Amazonia rainforest. This is something we are trying to do because I have already some question, uh, some connection with other activists uh, from Amazon because we have uh, uh, we have indigenous people uh, groups where uh, I am sometime part. We have other groups that brings together other activists from around the world that we support each other and give us each other platform. We tell story uh, from uh, our local communities so that to to make a great impact because I, I believe working together each other from around the world it will really give us strength it will we will be really unstoppable when we are united from each other parts of the world who is actually benefiting from all the deforestation that happens in a congo rainforest is it a multinational enormous capitalistic companies or is it actually people who are living there on the ground and they sell their property to them and then that's the reason why the deforestation happens what is happening is just because when when corporation comes they go to the government so they they make some engagement with the government without uh, the benefits goes to the government and those corporation because before those corporation comes they just go to the government before, but the local communities, their views are not being taken into account. The world is rushing to uh, electrical vehicles, you know, and the cobalt is coming from the DRC. But you will see that the benefits that comes from that money, from that destruction, and the local community when you arrive here, we will see that they live in an extreme poverty and they don't have even access to healthcare, they don't even access to schools, even, uh, you know, clean water. So comparing to what is coming from that destruction and what the local communities benefit, it's really a huge difference. So I guess the question is, how can we persuade the government that nature in the long term is worth way more in terms of ecosystems, ecosystem services than short-term benefits from mining. I think uh, what we can do, it's also uh, that 
the polluted countries that polluted more can support the global south countries that are saving the planet because we know uh, countries agreed in uh, to give a uh, hundred billions of dollars each year to countries so that to might judge the climate crisis when our leaders have that money i think they will not rush anymore uh, for the destruction because when those corporations will come uh, to give the the money so that they can start doing deforestation i think our leaders will will say yeah we have already money from our partners so to protect these areas because you know our leaders also uh, and our countries need money to develop themselves well uh, remy uh, i believe that you know, we are now in the UN decade on ecosystem restoration. It started last year. What are your hopes for the decade? What would you like to see happen? The real action we can do, it is to, to connect with youth around the world that are doing uh, an incredible work uh, so that they can do more because they need uh, they are doing maybe at their own, so they really need to do uh, something uh, that gives hope. Rami, thank you very much for being with us today. It was a real pleasure and a privilege to chat with you. I sincerely hope that your voice and the voice of others will be heard. I hope that you will be an inspiration for the other people from the Congo rainforest. Thank you for being with us one more time. Thank you very much. It's, it was really a great pleasure for me uh, to, to get such opportunity to speak about the protection of the forest and also what we are doing on the ground. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much, Remy. And thanks to all of our listeners. Um, we will have more information about Remy's work in the show notes. And please don't forget to review us as well as talk about us on social media using our hashtag Generation Restoration. podcast has been brought to you by the United Nations Environment Programme Europe Office and the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations.